Hello, hello, everybody. I'm Lexi Lombard, your host of the Alexi Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I was obsessed with last week's episode. I just finished editing it, and I posted it last night. What's so funny is that, and when I say funny, I don't mean hilarious, I mean odd. What's so odd is that when I was recording last week's episode, I was in such a dark headspace. And when I was editing it, I was in a very neutral, light-leaning headspace. And if I was in the same headspace that I recorded it as I was editing it, I think I would have scrapped the episode entirely. But there's something really interesting about editing your own stream of consciousness that was fascinating to me. I'm like, huh, I was really stressing out last week. And in another way, it felt so difficult and stressful while speaking the episode. But while editing it, I'm like, it's not that bad. Future you knows that you're about to bounce back, which is something that I also want to talk about is our resilience as humans, our ability to bounce back, our ability to be in a funk and really pull ourselves out of it and see the light and have things be airy, easy, breezy, fun, fulfilling, satisfying, energizing. Because negative feelings and stress and worry can be so incredibly heavy and so time-consuming and so draining. And it's amazing how now that I'm a little bit happier, I'm not needing as much sleep. I'm not needing as much really anything. I'm pretty good to go. I've also had a lot of external factors that have amped up my mood. Last week, I was recording right before hopping in the car and driving to Palm Springs. I spent Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of last week in Palm Springs at this gorgeous hotel and resort. I've never stayed anywhere so nice, I don't think. I'm thinking. I don't know. It was really, really nice. And there was two pools, and there was a spa. Actually, there was a pool and the spa. There were three pools. There was a spa with a steam room and a dry sauna. I was waking up and I was working. I recorded a video, um, I think my first morning there, just like a little get ready with me and I gave a little hotel tour. And I sat in front of a window in front of a gorgeous view and just was able to focus and edit so quickly. I am someone who has a lot of background chatter in my head. And fortunately, it's normally pretty positive. I'm not much of a ruminator. I'm not much of an overthinker. A lot of them are fantasies, daydreams, curiosities, but regardless of them being positive, it's still distracting and getting out of your space, getting out of the house and working somewhere else and waking up somewhere else was really good for me. Also, there's something about working from home that I think is inherently distracting for a lot of us. There are so many conveniences to it. You know, the commute doesn't exist. Um, You can be with your pets. You can make lunch at home. If you have friends or roommates or you live with a partner, they may be in the space with you, which could be a lot more comfortable than maybe coworkers that you don't truly get along with. However, when you're working or when you're at work, you can't just throw in a load of laundry, which is a fantastic convenience, but a major distraction. If your sink is filled with dirty dishes, okay, you're gonna have to deal with that when you get home. But if you're working from home, ah, that's giving me a little stress. Why don't I just clean the house first and then I can start working? And the next thing you know, you didn't work because you wanted to reward yourself after cleaning the house. So then you sat in bed and watched a Kendall Ray video. Next thing you know, it's 4 p.m. Oops. 
So being out of the house was nice. There was no distractions. And the rewards were so nice. It's like, okay, you edit this, then you can go to the pool. You edit this, then you can order yourself a pina colada and read in the sun. It was so pretty. And this hotel was very much designed to have this very heavily outdoors experience. Once you're in the resort, there's just trees everywhere, which is so nice because Palm Springs is incredibly hot. And if you don't have shade, you are going to be miserable. And so there's so many different trees. There's different, I, I vlogged all of this, so as soon as the video goes up, I just need to get it approved by the sponsor. All the pathways are kind of dirt and you feel like you're sort of wandering in the woods and then you come to a clearing and there's a couple hammocks or you come to a clearing and there's a fire pit. It was really, really nice. And so there's animals everywhere. You have so many different kinds of birds. I was sitting in the hammock and I saw that there were hummingbirds flying around me. So I got down and just had two hummingbirds flying right in front of me and it was something so incredibly magical. There was also a cat that lived there named Lola. It was a really nice experience. And then on the way back, my friend and I noticed that there was an outlet mall. And it wasn't just a normal outlet mall. I thought I had a good outlet mall in Virginia. It was the Leesburg outlet mall. This one has Ghani, Bottega Veneta, Marnie, Sandro Paris, Balenciaga, Louis Vuitton, Chloe, Reformation, Diesel, Aloe Yoga, Jimmy Choo, Marc Jacobs, Stuart Weitzman. You know, the Leesburg Outlet Mall, I haven't been there in quite some time, but I remember it was like, we have a Bose, we have a Ralph Lauren, a Lacoste, a Claire's, a Coach, a Saxoff Fifth. And these stores were much more modern. It's like, yeah, I want to see what's at the Diesel Outlet. I want to see what's at... I mean, Stuart Weitzman was doing a 70% off sale. I have a pair of black heels from them that I got there, 70% off. I got a Mew Mew wallet. Oh, there was a Prada and a Mew Mew. I got a Mew Mew pair of shoes. I got a Balenciaga bag and a Reformation dress for an absurdly low amount of money in comparison to what retail would be. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. And it was fun because I don't really buy myself very expensive things and my friend that I was with was very aware of that. So this is a very unique and surprising experience for everyone involved. I was incredibly grateful. That was really fun for me. I don't, I don't do that often. I really, really, really don't. So it was fun. It was fun to get some treats and gifts. It was really fun. <laughs> I just never, ever, ever, ever do that. Um, I, I feel materialistic saying that, which material items are fine. I don't want to have too much attachment to them, but it was, it is nice. Like I, I needed a new wallet. My wallet was too big and too thick and I wanted one that was thinner and I found one that I liked that was thinner and it was a design I liked, you know? Now I have it. <laughs> then we went to John and Vinny's for dinner and the next day, when did I, did I have therapy the next day? I've been itching to get back in therapy, but therapy is expensive. For a lot of people and there are more affordable options but I've had the same psychiatrist for six years now and I to be perfectly frank she's $250 for 45 minutes 
and I was scraping up cash for years and years and years trying to make that payment because that's an extra thousand dollars a month which is unbelievable yet not unheard of. I had been itching to get back in therapy because I hadn't been in since December and I was going pretty regularly for a few years and then I started slowing down a bit, you know, talking to her every two weeks, every month or so on an as-needed basis, that sort of thing. And once I'd moved, I was really doing well. And so she was in full support. It was a good thing that I wasn't seeing her. You know, I was so strong on my own and had the emotional toolkit that after years of weekly therapy, I was able to take some time on my own. So when she hadn't heard from me since December, she was thinking, okay, Lexi's doing fantastic. This is a good thing. When what was going on behind the scenes is that I was having problems in my life and then had to think to myself, do I really want to spend $250 right now? The irony of me talking about buying things at the outlet and then being like, I can't afford therapy. But that's the thing. It's like I was never buying myself things because I wanted services, different things, different things. Anyway, uh, I just am like, he just sounds like such a hypocrite. But let me finish my thought. I would be having a problem and then be like, is this really worth like $250 to talk about? Let's just push it off one week. And then I was pushing it off two weeks. It, it had been maybe six to eight weeks at this point. And finally, I had to send her a message and just say, I would love to see you. And then I was honest with her and said that the real reason I hadn't been seeing her was financial. That was the root. It was really hard for me to, to you know, feel that my problems were worth $250. And I'm so grateful that she heard me and listened and said, I want to work with you. I would rather work with you for a lower rate than not work with you at all because you you don't want to pay the top rate. And what I've learned is that oftentimes therapists do have a sliding scale. And this works in other capacities as well. Because since I've opened up this conversation, I've seen it in other ways from other people in my life where negotiations are reality and not everything is a set price and people will be willing to work with you if you express your needs which is a whole new lesson expressing my needs and so I gave her the price that I was comfortable with and she agreed to it and now I have a rate that I am comfortable paying and I will be back in therapy and I'm really glad about that and then I can't lie I think I'm going to sell the purse that I bought (laughs) Ain't our ways funny. I'm literally looking at this bag and I'm like, you don't deserve this. You should give it to someone who wants it more. And then I'd rather use the money for therapy. Uh. And then I had another session with her yesterday. And it just, it feels really good. And it's so funny. And by funny, I mean amazing. It's so amazing how quickly I've bounced back. I was in such a dark headspace. And I share it on the pod, but obviously there's personal details that involve other people that I'm not willing to share. It's not my story to tell. And a therapist is someone who I can tell because it's confidential. And my first session with her, she could tell. It was so sad. She she was looking at me. I was like, oh, Lexi, you are so not yourself right now. And that was sad to hear from someone who has known me for years and years. Seeing her yesterday, it's amazing how quickly I bounced back. I was feeling not hopeless. I'm never hopeless. I always have a little ounce of hope, 
but it was at the very low end and now I'm feeling quite bright and hopeful and happy which was fun it was fun to see that for myself it was a good positive lesson to make matters even more fun Palm Springs happened a little shopping spree happened and then one of my best friends Emily June has been staying with me which has been a treat and a half I mean when Emily and I are together things go haywire in the best way possible all we do is giggle all we do is giggle everything that we do is so funny and fun I'm just so happy to have friends that I can be so silly and be such a character with but also when it comes down to it I know they have my back and I have theirs and there is duality in that where we can be airy and fun and stupid and silly but if we need to be real and we need to have a talk and something needs to be shared we can be ourselves on all levels and I'm eternally grateful for that so you can have fun hanging out with friends seeing all my other friends just being a little social girly out and about it's also fun like waking up with a friend I've been sleeping so much better and she wakes up early Tyra also wakes up early that's my friend that I live with and I wish I could I wish I could I try. Emily's been up at 6, 6.30, working. Same with Tyra. She was in West Hollywood by 7 a.m. this morning. And I can't get out of bed till 9. I can't. 8.30 maybe. 8's a stretch for me. It's such nonsense. And I remember this being such a difficulty in school when I had morning classes or back when I was in middle school and high school. My mom knew what a pain in the ass I was to wake up. I would not wake up from an alarm. I would not wake up from her just knocking on my door saying, good morning, sweetie. She had to pour water on my face almost every day. We started every morning of high school, middle school in a screaming match because I was a nightmare to wake up and I assumed I would grow out of it. And in a way, I'm not a nightmare to wake up, but it's not natural and it's nuts how if I follow my own rhythm, I naturally don't start winding down or or getting into a space of focus until the afternoon. I love to edit at 5 p.m. I love to work from 5 to 10. I love to work honestly from 3 p.m. to midnight. Those are my my times I feel like I can really focus but I don't go to bed until 1 and that is something I'd like to change. But even when I do go to bed early I still wake up at 9. I don't know. Half of me wants to change it and the other half wants to embrace it and say you know what baby it is what it is so on and so forth what else has been going on I feel like I haven't talked about all the dating that I've been doing I'll probably get into that in its own episode maybe but I never dated in New York I probably went on a handful of dates and I had little like one-off excursions with certain people where there was like one guy that I kind of had a little thing with and then there's one guy that I love with my whole heart and and always joke and except for it's like not even joke I'm like I will have your babies but I was never dating in the traditional sense and I really wasn't into casually dating either I was on the verge of passing out before first dates so I didn't do it much and then it's just been so easy in LA I just enjoy it more so I've been going on dates, which is something I really never did. I'm not a dater. And it's been fun. It's been fun. It's like I'm experiencing all this for the first time again. I feel like a, uh, Emily and I keep joking that we're 15-year-old boys right now. Like, we are crazy. 
were crazy. Um, I've never been so boy crazy in my life. This is so unnatural for me. I was such a loyal <laughs> wannabe wife as a kid. I remember my my little like, oh, you probably had a crush in fourth grade. Yeah, that crush, I made my boyfriend until sixth grade. What the hell is wrong with me? Who has a two-year relationship when they're nine? Me. Then I dated another guy for a year, and then I dated another guy for nearly six years, six and a half. So after all that, after all those long and loyal relationships, I needed a break. I was exhausted, you know? Also, how funny is this? My little nine-year-old boyfriend, I never kissed him, and I was so afraid that I was asexual. I remember being 10 years old, being like, what's wrong with me? I was just so nervous. I was so nervous. He tried to kiss me, and I, I said I'm not ready. I don't think we ever kissed. Then fast forward to maybe eighth grade, and then he was my first, like, make-out um, that I ever had. And I'm sure there was some subconscious being like, you need redemption. That doesn't feel like the subconscious. Maybe that was just like the, uh, I don't know what it was. Oh, honestly, it's so fun. Miss, miss those days. And so I feel like there's a resurgence of it happening. It's probably because it's summer. You know, everyone's feeling fun and flirty. The weather's warm. The air is sexy. That's a little chapter that's happening simultaneously. It's so funny because in reality, I do want a life partner. But men are so scared of exclusivity. And I... I haven't even found someone that I want to get there with necessarily, but I do know in concept that when I am ready to date someone, it's because I really see a future with them. I have no desire to date someone simply to date them. I'll go on a first or a second date, but unless I really see a future with you, I'm not, I'm not really interested. And I don't want to waste your time either. Our time here is too precious, and I love the freedom of being single. I also am proud that I don't feel rushed on any of this. I really think that we have our whole lives to be in relationships, so why do I want to settle down when I'm 24? I'm not 24, but I was talking to my therapist about it. She's been married for 63 years. She's been married for more than double my lifetime. I am not in a rush, and I'm also looking for someone extraordinary. I want someone special. I want someone remarkable. I really do. I don't have a type. I'm constantly asked that and that question bothers me because it's not it's not that. It's I want someone extraordinary. So I don't know what color hair they have. I don't know what color eyes they have. I don't know what their height is. I don't know what they do for a living. But when I meet them, I'll know. I'll know. And who knows how many great loves of my life I'll have on earth but one more is enough for me would love obviously more than that i also have an inside joke with myself that i want to be divorced i want to be young and get married i would get married today and then annul it and then love the drama of being you know out somewhere and telling my friend god hide me my ex-husband's here the drama amazing that's the scenario i'm open for i'm not trying to be in a mortgage with children getting divorced not not my idea of the drama that I'm looking for. I want, oh God, we were just in Vegas and, you know, we're so young and we're so wrapped up and the night was so fun and God, what a, what a stupid decision that was. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough about me. Let's get into your questions. My Instagram handle is at Lexi 
Every week I ask for questions. So if there's anything you want to be asked, follow me there and you can participate. So let's get into them, but first a word from today's sponsors. I am a little bit of a drama queen, but I definitely will be having a horrible day and then wash my hair, style it, and then think, okay, everything's actually all right. (laughs) And one of the best products I've tried recently is Waze New Hair Gloss. It takes five minutes. It's an easy addition to your routine. You do it in the shower. It's made with hyaluronic acid and rice water. Not only does a hair gloss give you immediate shine straight from the shower, it also helps treat damage and enhance color vibrancy, so your hair is looking and feeling healthier. It also helps prevent heat damage up to 450 degrees, which is very important to me. And then it's honestly just a bonus that my hair looks shinier and healthier. The hair gloss is only one of the amazing products that Way makes. They have an amazing leave-in conditioner, a great detox shampoo, some lovely fragrances, and a hair oil. So give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use promo code Lexi, L-E-X-I-E, for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Lexi. This podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. You can sell your products on an online store or create custom merch easily to create a passive income stream that engages your audience and scales your brand. Design your products and production inventory and shipping are all handled for you, saving you time and money. Use their analytical insights to grow your business. Learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com Lexi to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com L-E-X-I-E. Whether you like fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. You know the one with the turquoise tube all over your socials? Yeah, that's Thrive Cosmetics, and Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademarked formulas, and uncompromising standards, it's easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. I love their Brilliant Eye Brightener. It's a highlight stick made to brighten and open your eyes, giving an instant lift, but also you can you can apply it down the bridge of your nose or ever so slightly blending a line onto my cheekbone. It's really versatile and easy to blend. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com Lexi. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E. M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash L-E-X-I-E for 20% off your first order. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Best ways to ask a guy to hang out and make it clear it's not romantic but friendly. Love this because 
I was also craving guy friends and I'm so proud to have guy friends in addition to guys that I feel romantically towards. The conversations that I have with guy friends are a lot different than conversations that I have with people that I'm romantically interested in and maybe I'm just a slightly intense on dates that I do want to know if people are interested in having a family or questions regarding what they see for their future whereas my guy friends first of all first and foremost we can talk about our crushes and and things that we're doing to or with people sorry um I don't know why I'm getting shy about this. We're asking about each other's love lives in addition to just like regular hangouts. Also, I'm not like wearing anything particularly sexy when I'm hanging out with my guy friends. I'm hanging out with them the same way that I hang out with my girlfriends. All the hangouts that are romantic and are not romantic can be the same, but it's the energy that you bring. They'll, they'll get it. They'll know if they're a friend or if you're looking for more. How do you feel about the future of societal advancements like AI? They make me anxious. Help. Good question. I've turned away from AI a ton. I just learned about ChatGBT for the first time a few weeks ago. I not learned about it, but used it for the first time. And it is frightening. It is frightening that you can say, I have a photo in Italy of a sunset and me in a pretty white dress what should I caption it? And they'll come up with an idea and you can say, I want something cheekier. And then they'll come up with another version and you'll say, I want something uh, shorter. And they'll come up with another version. Or you can say, can you please write a script about three girls falling into a hole? (laughs) And then there's a play written out. Or you can say, can you solve this math problem? Whatever. Fantastic. Thank you so much. You thought for me. I didn't have to think you did this for me. How convenient. But I'm wondering if my kids or grandkids are going to be falling in love with AI and they're like, are you going to come to the robot and human marriage rights rally with me? And I'm going to seem like the dinosaur who's not hip to the concept. And then it's going to be a weird in my face moment. But in my head, I'm like, so what if a man and a man want to be together? But it's like, but what if a man and an AI want to be together? They're just going to get smarter and we're going to seem... We're going to not have purposes. Wild, wild to think about. Um, What do I think about the AI advancements? When we're creating things like this to make our lives easier, it's filling a need that's required. But in the past, these needs have been filled by humans. So if they're going to be filled by artificial intelligence, where do we come in? What do we need us for? I think it's a scary thing. Um, but was Chap GBT fun? Yeah. Is the idea of self-driving cars cool? Yeah, kind of. I love driving myself, so that's not a need that I necessarily think of, but the idea of traffic being automated seems really smart to me. But this is something that we could have lived without, and I do believe that it's a step in the wrong direction, which is sad to me. Why? Why? Why do we have to do that? What's the goal? To phase us out? If artificial intelligence is going to learn how we operate so well and they'll become smarter and smarter, great. The computers are doing the work. Now what? Why? But then there are positive things. Did you guys see that tweet that someone said, can we get AI to pick plastic out of the ocean or do all robots need to be screenwriters? It's like, yeah. Could we have robots 
planting trees for us? Can we have robots getting plastic out of the ocean? Can we have robots picking up trash on the side of the road? Can we have robots planting fruit trees in urban areas so people can have food sources? Can we have gardens being made? Maybe there's a way to use it for good. So though it feels like a step back right now, only time will tell. How do I know if something is not for me? So I'm not sure what you're referring to, if this is a job, if this is a friend, if this is a romantic partner, if it's a location, but I do think sometimes our body knows before our mind. So oftentimes if something is not for me, it makes me very tired, which is something more subtle than makes me angry or makes me irritable. It just doesn't provide me with energy. I know something is for me if it lights me up or gives me energy, and I think that's a great place to start. Favorite lipstick right now? I'm so glad you asked. It's the Hourglass Balm and Slip. It's a glossy balm, so it's a skinny little lipstick tube, and it's glossy and balmy, and the color Slip looks amazing. Truly, you all need it. (laughs) What sunny angels do you have? I have the white bear, the corn, (laughs) his head's like a little corn on the cob, and then I have one hipper, which you can stick onto something, and I have it stuck onto my laptop, and it's a little elephant, and I think Emily, Ella, and I are gonna go to Little Tokyo, and I want to get Emily a sunny angel before she goes, because she brought me one from the vegetable series when she arrived here, and it was the corn. Oh, to be a young woman. But you guys know that sunny angels are made for young women. Dealing with stresses of the work world. They were made for us. (laughs) Uh. Someone said, what is your go-to summer beverage and top three songs right now? Oh, fantastic question. My go-to summer beverage. I love iced tea. I absolutely love iced tea in the summertime. As for songs, you all need to listen to Born With A Broken Heart by Olivia O'Brien. Such a specific belt out, singing in the car, singing home alone at the top of your lungs vibe. Fantastic. And then the other two songs that I've been listening to are Reelin' in the Years and Dirty Work by Steely Dan. When I'm driving in the car, that's just the vibe I want right now. But if I'm driving in the car and I want something a little bit more sad or moody or like female angst, I want to listen to... Fiona Apple, I want to listen to Olivia O'Brien, I want to listen to Mazzy Starr, Amy Winehouse, you know, something like that. But if it's just something casual, I want to listen to Steely Dan, I want to listen to Fleetwood Mac, I want to listen to the Mamas and the Papas, you feel me? How to deal with codependent friendships and setting boundaries with a friend. So sometimes your friend might want to do everything with you and be a little sad if they see that you are doing something without them or even worse you and another one of their friends are doing something without them but that shouldn't stop you from doing it because a codependent friend needs to realize that they cannot be a part of every step of your life because they too have to have their own life and they can't just bandwagon onto yours of course invite them if you want them there invite them if there's space if it makes sense but Do not have a sense of guilt for not allowing them to be a part of every 
moment of your life. And I think it's important that if you are, if they're asking like, hey, can I come over and hang out? And you are in the middle of working and you say like, hey, I'm actually working. And they say, that's fine. Like, I won't even bother you. I'll just like be quiet on my phone to say like, no, I think I really just need some solo time and stick to the boundary. So hang out with them. Make sure that you're not always just ditching them because someone being codependent doesn't mean that they're a toxic or a bad friend. It just means that a boundary needs to be set. I think there's something that's constantly being said to us where if you have a toxic friend in your life, cut them out. You don't need to be cutting out your friends. Everybody makes mistakes. There is a level that someone can hit. You've reached a point of no return where... I'm sorry, but I simply don't want your friendship anymore. I don't really want to have you in my life. But if someone's doing something that's bothering you, you owe it to them as their friend to share. I've had friends give me talks about telling me, Lexi, you're being a little selfish right now. And it's I can tell you that it's annoying people. I'm forever grateful for that friend, senior of high school, telling me that. I've had a friend recently saying, my communication's been off. I'm having an attitude towards people and I'm kind of being a bitch. I needed that. I, If they're not going to be open to criticism and they don't handle it well, so be it. You did your part. And it's this strange narrative. Yeah, sure. Cut them out. Cut people out left and right. But friendship is, is something that can be shifted and moved and reevaluated. It doesn't just need to be cut off and pushed away. So I really feel that if you do have a codependent friendship, that that is something worth working towards instead of just saying, hey, I just don't think this works. Favorite things to do with your spare time. If I have some spare time, I love going on a drive somewhere. I love going somewhere beautiful. If I have a free day and the weather's nice, catch me at the beach. Also, if I have some spare time, I love to cook something. It's a a certain meal and the kitchen has to be clean for me to feel inspired to cook. But cooking is something that can be really, really fun, especially to cook with a friend or for friends. I also love FaceTiming someone or giving someone a call while I'm in the car. Because I think oftentimes driving or staying in traffic, that is some spare time that whenever I use it to talk to a friend, it's always really rewarding. How do you know if you've gotten too comfortable with where you're at? great question because this is a lesson that I still continue to learn time and time again. Um, So I guess I haven't truly learned it. I'm still learning it. But my answer at the moment is when I have found myself in a space where I look around and it is the things that I've wanted. It is the things that I've journaled about, the things that I've talked about to friends. For such a long time, I remember all I wanted was a space that could fit a queen bed. I wanted a queen bed so badly and I wanted a walk-in closet where I could really organize all of my clothes and sort them in a way that inspired me to get dressed in the morning and I just wanted to make enough money that I could afford a place like that and I did which has been really nice but then you hit a point and you're kind of like I'm no longer grateful for it so that needs to be reevaluated. you know remember the time when you were wishing for the things that you currently have Or when it comes to work, I think I've hit a point where my podcast is so systematic. I show up, I record, I edit, I post. Okay, that's worked. Why don't you get a little experimental? Why don't you create little sound bites to post on TikTok and YouTube shorts or 
come up with an animation for marketing purposes or, you know, like what's a way that I can expand because maybe I've gotten too comfortable and if I'm looking for growth, let's add something to the mix. Let's switch something up a little bit. Or I remember I got really, really into vlogging for several years and I knew that when I took a break from YouTube, I didn't want to come back with a vlog because I'd just done that so much that nothing felt exciting about it. So then I thought, what if we do, you know, more original format, sit down, chatty videos? And that was inspiring me a little bit more. So just seeing what you're doing that's no longer exciting you, because it really isn't about what you want. It's kind of the fun part is getting it. You know, it's so nice to have a walk-in closet, but it was fun to try to work to the point that I could have one. And we shouldn't always be searching for the next best thing, but realize if, you know, okay, I moved back home after school so I could save up money for rent. Do I have enough money for rent now? Like maybe it's time that I leave home and I get a home of my own. Maybe I've gotten too comfortable with mom and dad's cooking. Maybe I've gotten too comfortable with not having any monthly bills and I need to I need to grow up a bit. So see where that is for you. But you'll know if it's gotten to the point where you're like, nah, is this the chapter of my memoir that I want to talk about? No. What are we going to add? What are we going to change? Where are we going to shift? Do you have any skincare tips? Yes, always keep your skin moisturized. You want moisturized skin as often as you can. I am putting on a thick layer of moisturizer in the morning that has SPF in it. I'm putting on a thick layer of moisturizer at night. I swear that's kept my skin in such a good place. I also notice a massive difference in my skin when I don't sleep with makeup on. A couple years ago, I stopped sleeping with makeup and it's changed my skin. Also, I'm a big fan of retinol and tretinoin. What are your top three favorite snacks? So I just rediscovered the Siete brand and their lime grain-free tortilla chips are fantastic. Also, they have these churro chips that are really good. And we just got like a snack platter. I'm going to explain the snack platter that my friend and I got. We went to the store and we came back with a ton of snacks and those two bags were in it. Also, the purple Doritos the Doritos themselves are not purple. They're in a purple bag. I just forget the flavor. I want to say it's chili something. It's like sweet chili, maybe. Also, the pull-apart Twizzlers in the strawberry flavor. So good. And then we also got blackberries and watermelon. Watermelon. Oh, it's been hitting lately. It's been so good. Also, cheese and crackers. Yeah, those are... Those are the snacks that we got recently that we've had in the house, and they're fire. How to be more fun? Saying yes to things and following your curiosities. For example, when we've been going out lately, we'll have adding the little challenges of like, someone's got to get kissed, someone's got to give a number, someone's, you know, little challenges, or getting the fun menu item, or being at a convention and deciding like, hey, let's take some tequila shots. When you and your friend have a free day, instead of spending it rotting on the couch, say, we should go to that creek that we heard about in Pasadena, or maybe it was in Malibu, I forget. The details doesn't matter. The point is like, oh, let's go spend the day outside. We've been wanting to have a little 
stream lake day where we're in bathing suits and just, I don't know, enjoying our little feminine selves. This is an interesting question. What do you look for in a book? I have a lot of interest in reading a book that is legendary and I want to see why. So that's why I found it interesting to read James Baldwin and Toni Morrison or George Orwell or who else? I don't know, Ray Bradbury, John Steinbeck, things of that sort. I feel similarly to movies in the sense where there are so many classics that I just haven't seen. So oftentimes when it comes to a book, I try to sprinkle in one that's just been on the bucket list and then sprinkle in ones that friends have personally recommended. Do you struggle with the elitist culture of LA? Totally, totally. Examples like very levels of celebs, money, fame, totally. Because Los Angeles, a lot of the fame works. People don't really care why you have the fame or why you have the money or how you got the beauty. They just want you to have it. Whereas certain people that would be welcomed into clubs in Los Angeles would be blocked out the door in New York. And that was something that really intrigued me about New York, that the elitist culture there was based on sort of your status by your work and your money, of course. Money gets you in the door almost anywhere. But it's just the people that... But it's funny who gets their asses kissed in L.A. versus in New York. But that's not even the question you were just asking about if I struggle with the elitism or the elitist culture in L.A. And it's not a problem until it starts feeling like that actually is what matters. Because on some level, I can understand this is how the industry works. But when that starts getting confused in people's heads for this is how the world works, this is how life works, that's where it starts feeling really uncomfortable. Because I can respect and understand that fame, money, beauty, different levels of celeb are going to help you get ahead in your industry. But when that starts feeling like the real moral values and the moral compass of people, it feels really, really wrong. And that's when I struggle with it. I'm at my parents' house for the summer with no friends around. What do I do? You learn something new. You take up a new skill. You take up a new hobby. Pick something up. Make it worthwhile. Please do not spend your summer watching TV and scrolling TikTok. Use this as an opportunity. Please, I beg of you. If you were a fruit, what fruit would you be? I'd be a strawberry. Best thing to watch while high. Personally, I don't like being high and watching TV. It makes me feel like a piece of shit. The only thing I really like to do high is leave the house. Sitting home while being high makes me feel like I'm rotting and dying. And I hate smoking at night a lot of times. It's only fun for 30 minutes and then I'm over it and sick of it and start feeling restless and antsy and uncomfortable. So I'm not the girl to ask. How to handle hard conversations you've been avoiding. Realizing that this is part of the tests of life and you just got to do it because it a lot of times it never gets easier because oftentimes you're not having the same hard conversations over and over again there are new variations and I have a hard conversation that I need to have and I've been avoiding because I know the pain from the conversation is going to linger after it and it's not even the conversation that I'm not looking forward to it's how I'm going to feel after the conversation that I'm not looking forward to and I'm trying to find the time in my day where I make the call right before I go see a friend so I don't need to sit too long in this these lingering feelings. 
But the thing that also has me handle it is knowing that once it's over, I no longer have the stress on my shoulders. Who are your favorite writers? I mean, Toni Morrison's amazing. James Baldwin is also amazing. Uh, other favorite writers. I actually really like Chelsea Handler's book. I listened to it. I, I've only listened to one, and I know that she has several. I listened to Life Will Be the Death of Me, just to name a few. Should I go after my friend's bestie after she said it would make her uncomfortable? No. That's your best friend. Why would you do that to your best friend? Tips on how to find your personal style. Go shopping alone. Go to a mall alone and see where you're naturally gravitating towards. Go to your favorite thrift stores or secondhand shops that you love or have been wanting to go and go alone. Also, go in the dressing room and try things on. And then make your list of yeses or nos and go back into the store and do another round and another round and give yourself time with yourself and the clothes to see what feels right on you. You'll know. You're going to put it on and be like, I fuck with this. This is good. Yes. Also, I really feel quality over quantity. So many times I go shopping and I leave with nothing because if it's not a hell yes and it's a maybe, I'm not leaving with maybes. I am not leaving with maybes. I'm only leaving with holy cow, I love this. So definitely do that. Take yourself on a little shopping trip and let me know how it goes. I love you all so, so, so much. Follow me on the gram so you can participate in the next episode. I'm also on TikTok. I'll be doing the things. And if you're a lover of the podcast, definitely listen to last week's episode if you haven't already. If not, I will talk to you next week. XOXO, Lexi.